Clapping in three, two, one, clap. <laughs> Let's go. That's the enthusiasm we need on the hoop. Yeah. Yeah. Fungus among us. 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 Welcome to the Hoopla Podcast. Hoopla! 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 (laughs) (laughs) The spookiest hoopla yet. We're here to talk (laughs) about the first half of The Last of Us HBO series. Uh, The new show is coming out based on The Last of Us video games. Uh, Halfway through the season, we figured we'd come take a look at how the show's going so far. And... Joined as always, I'm here with the. We didn't talk about new titles for this. Lore Master, <laughs> or Jedi Historian, or. Yeah, just or, say wait, Jedi Historian. Je- je- I'm the Jedi Historian, <laughs> that one Jedi in Last of Us. I'm, I'm joined by the zombie enthusiast, Andy Smith. Ooh. Andy Smith here, a connoisseur of many nerdy things, DC, Marvel, Star Wars, many post-apocalyptic worlds, and we'll get into The Last of Us. What a show. So excited to talk about this. I'm very excited as well. And joining us, we have the amateur mycologist, Jake Laxer. What about the fungus among us? Am I right, Darth Smithius? Jake Laxer here, lover of all things TV, TV and movies. Can't wait to talk about the show. I've been so incredibly excited about this since this uh, TV show was announced on HBO, and here we are. It's a uh, mid-season review. Let's uh, get after it. I can't wait. And I know what you guys are thinking out there in the audience. Jake Laxer being introduced second? What's going on? Unfortunately, our good buddy Chris Pio was overtaken by the zombies, and he couldn't join us for this episode. But have no fear, <laughs> for we have an incredible replacement for this episode. Our first ever guest on the Hoopla podcast. The one, Hoopla. the only, Hoopla. Matt Laxer. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you, Jamie St. Clair. This is Master Laxer talking, and I am very excited to jump in in your guys' Hobbit Hoopla podcast and get started with a nice discussion about some cordyceps, some mushrooms, and some infected people in the world of The Last of Us. So let's jump into this podcast, and I'm excited to see where this takes us. All right, I like gentlemen. That. I like that. Yeah. Let's Great job. get we got Andy, Hoopla. We got Darth Smithius clapping. Everyone's clapping. clapping. That's, that's very nice. Uh, and we don't have Chris here to talk about the Twitter, so, you know, just find us on Twitter somehow. I don't know. Links in the episode description. <laughs> There's no way to do it without Chris here, but that doesn't matter because we're diving into The Last of Us. So this started as a series of video games, right? I haven't played any of the video games. Have you guys played these games before? Jake, I know you're obsessed with this game. I am obsessed with this game. Um, Actually, this game came out in 2013. Matt played it a little bit. Uh, you know, more recent to the time at which it was actually debuted. Uh, when did you first play it, Matt? Yeah, so to be honest there, Jake, I actually played the game in 2014, even though it did come out in <laughs> 2013. A couple months later after the game debuted on the glorious PlayStation 3, when I was actually, mm, let's what see, a system. two years out of college, and you boys were still uh, grinding through the, through the days <laughs> of college. But... um. From what I remember, the game was just one of those games that just grabs you in. It reels you in, and you're just like, man, every every level, every stage, like the, the level of excitement in the game just really got your blood pumping. And now the show's out here, and now it's like, holy cow. 
they actually turned this game into an amazing series so far on HBO. So, so far, it's, uh, you know, it's been great. It's holding up. And, uh, holding up to all it's your holding up to the holding up to the storylines, yeah. It really has. Yeah, I would, I would say actually one of the most entertaining aspects of this show is how well they've done the adaptation. Um, IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, IGN, all these major review companies have, have gone on an effort to say that the adaptation aspect has been the most um, true to the story, which has been just so exciting to see as fans. But I think they've diverted the show in in the best ways possible in the different little side stories that they've created through the the Last of Us uh, original storyline. In terms of you know seeing it for the first time, Darth Smithius, Andy, what what did you think about episodes one through five? How are, how are you feeling so far? Oh. Did you? Did you get a little scared? Did anything jump out? Did so, you? Did you? Did you? You know sh- what, Jake? I so as someone that has not played the game, not familiar with the universe, I really felt like the the show does something really well, which is initial world building in that first episode, and it really laid the groundwork for what we then get through Joel and Ellie's journey over two through five now. Um. Mm-hmm. Really, even opening up with that first scene, which I believe, and tell me if I'm wrong here, but I believe it is a diversion from kind of the overall story. That that opening scene with the scientist, what a what a awesome way to tell us what what is this fungus and like what is this zombie apocalyptic world we're in, where you know we've seen Walking Dead, we've seen Shaun of the Dead, we've seen you know, I think the what what thirty days after that's like vampires, but still like. The same kind of uh, <laughs> the, the the same kind of like situation, but the way they display, the way that they pull the viewer in, is a little bit different in this world. Um, and like I said, you see it through these characters' eyes, and it's such just a one at least for the five episodes that we've seen, such a a testament to great writing for these characters, mm-hmm. great acting mm-hmm. by Pedro and and Bella Ramsey, and heck, even all the, yeah. the secondary characters, right? Like. Bill, Frank, the the first daughter, Henry, Sam, all of these characters, they they pull you in. Um, just mm-hmm. uh, you, we've talked about it before. the The writer director of Chernobyl did such a great job with that series. Yeah, Craig Mazin. Uh, got a shout out to to the writer and uh, you know screen director of The Last of Us, in, who worked alongside Neil Druckmann, the original creator of the yeah. game, which, which is so cool to see. Oh, incredible. Which we all love Naughty Dog. Uh, Matt, I know you're a big Naughty Dog oh, yeah. fan. You want to speak to that? No, no, totally. Haven't played all of actually the Uncharted series as well. So another uh, shout out woo! to the Naughty Dog series. Big game if you mm. guys haven't played Uncharted. I will say the movie with Tom Holland could have been a little bit better. Uh, yeah. But but the but the video game series <laughs> definitely sucked ass. Well, yeah. <laughs> Tom Holland, stick with Spider-Man, all right? Stick with Spider-Man. Yeah. St- stay in your lane. <laughs> Exactly, but Not but doesn't Drake. that tell? But doesn't that like? Isn't that also a testament to how difficult it really is to adapt a series from a video game? Which video games are you're living in that world, like you are the character. Then like having that transported over to then being like viewable in ninety, you know, sixty to ninety minute episodes. This game kind of lent, I mean, once again, tell me if I'm wrong here, but it sounds like this game kind of lends itself because it is so story centric 
again, let me jump mm-hmm. in here, Darth Smithius, um, with that. So back to what I was saying about Uncharted, right? It really comes down to the casting. It really comes sure. down to that, right? You know, mm-hmm. Pedro yep. Pascal, people are obsessed with him. I think I saw on Rotten Tomatoes or something recently, he hasn't had a show below like 95% rating. Phenomenal. 89. Yeah, 89%. Like, yep, yep. I mean, the people love that guy. You know, and then, and then what's her name? Bella Ramsey playing the role of Ellie. People were skeptical about mm-hmm. that, but obviously loved sure. her character in Game of Thrones. Right? Lady Mormont. Yeah. Lady Mormont. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Shout out. Another hoopla for you guys. Hoopla. <laughs> but um, so far, their character development very well, you know, for who they casted, for who Druckerman and Mason casted, very well blends with the storyline of the video game. And people that have played the game, like myself and Jake, recognize mm-hmm. that. Whereas, you know, with Uncharted, there could have been a couple better actors to be casted for that role. You know, people love Tom Holland, but it just wasn't the right. I think when they casted that role, I'm sorry, I'm a little jumping off track here. Is that they they did it because people love Tom Holland, but it just wasn't the right mm. fit for Nathan Drake. Or so. Yeah, I mean, I sure. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna follow your tangent here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep following along, Chip. Um, it's the same exact situation with Tom Hardy and Venom. You know, you know, you love the Hollywood name; it's such an appeal. But does it really add that much to the character? Honestly, no. Uh, but oh, I disagree with that. But we can talk about oh, that. Oh, do later. you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We, we yeah, might Tom go Hardy into a discussion is exquisite about and, and um, <laughs> All right. That is the worst Which... comment I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Save that for hero hoopla. Anyhow, side tangent. Uh, as far as Pedro Pascal goes, um, I mean, I, I agree with everything you're just saying. Like, I was thinking about this recently. I can't think of a single actor right now that I like more than Pedro Pascal. He's just yeah. so perfect in everything he's in, and he's perfected the art of being this like semi-reluctant father figure to his, mm. you know, child that he's bringing along on an adventure. And we get Mandalorian season three coming up soon, where we just trade out Ellie for oh. a green puppet. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't wait for that. But mm-hmm. he's so good at this, and he has like this in this show as Joel. He has this kind of darkness inside him that he's kind of. Mm balancing between the darkness and the lightness of all the terrible things he's had to done in the past to get to this point to survive through 20 years of this world while still having this heart of gold and this love that he has is this growing love i assume for ellie he's incredible and ellie is fantastic as well bella ramsey mm-hmm. one one thing that i i was going to wait till a little bit later in this conversation in this podcast but i feel like it would be so epic for one point at least, I don't know, maybe, you know, there's a couple of episodes left for him and Ellie to be looking at a map together and for him to just point and say, Ellie, this is the way. Like, I, it just needs to happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, awesome. it, like <laughs> Ellie, Make this is the way. Happen. Just point and way. do it. Just point. This is the way we need to go. Just this is Ellie. This is the way. That's all it <laughs> just needs to happen. Just fit Don't that little, smirk. Little it's just yeah, just and heck, Don't it could smirk. even be in a larger paragraph. Just like exactly. have that little sound bite, and it's as he's pointing somewhere, this is pointing. Yeah. Oh, like, this is the way. Just something like that. I think it would yeah. be fantastic. I think or alluding to the it. hunters in uh, in Philadelphia or Pittsburgh or no Kansas City is Kansas where they City. have it in the show. Yeah, Kansas yeah. City is where they have it in the show. 
You murdered her children, like a brother <laughs> yeah. <to> tell. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just, they just pull out every line that he's famous for and just start inserting it. into yeah. episodes. Very little, yeah, very little <laughs> blips the way. that are like very subliminal, yeah. so it'd be really hard to pick up, but those fans that really know it would, would grab onto it. Yeah, I think that would be appreciated. Jamie, to your point, though, you know, Joel as a character, it's all based on that one, like, like once again, the opening which I really felt like it was its own episode, like that very first opening with the death of his daughter and how impactful that scene was that then sets mm. up every single interaction that you see that that you see going forward. And especially with like, even in this last episode, you see like when Ellie writes, I'm sorry on, you know, and we can talk about that a little bit later, but like, sure, you just see like, He's he feels like this is Sarah in a lot of ways. And, you know, his whole world is kind of like, obviously, his whole world is destroyed because it's a post-apocalyptic world. But also, like, it's such an interesting thing to see him evolve with Ellie and how that then relates over to his reluctance to, you know, he mentions her as cargo a few episodes ago. But now she's not just cargo. She's kind of his Sarah. Uh, And it's kind of interesting. I'm interested to see. He he now thinks, you know, the way that Sam dies, could that be Ellie? So, like, I'm sure they can, they're going to play on that, like, for sure, for sure. And that's always something lingering in the back of Joel's mind. Um, but I think it's important now at this point to sort of discuss sort of the timeline of um, basically the high points in in the overarching story of The Last of Us. So starting from episode one, obviously, the death of Sarah is a pivotal moment in the storyline. Um, I personally, in comparison to the video game, think, I honestly think they did it better in the TV show. Um, the emotional impact that, that, and the emotional sympathetic levels that Pedro Pascal was able to achieve in that scene, Mm. uh, I felt more connected personally to Sarah dying in that moment than I did when I was playing the game. Um, Matt, maybe you feel differently, but personally for me, I felt that that was a pretty dramatic scene. And, you know, one other major difference in episode one is we get a much bigger backstory. We have uh, some information that the cordycepsis originated out of Jakarta. um, And as a result of this this flower distribution, now everyone's getting sick globally. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I thought that was really cool how they introduced where the the fungus came from. I don't know if this was in the game, but the way they did it in episode one, where there were so many instances where Ellie were about to eat. A bread product and then they right. did where they didn't have pancakes for breakfast they didn't have biscuits from their neighbors joel forgot to bring home a cake to celebrate his mm-hmm. birthday joel and said he he's in he's just, doing keto i thought that was such yeah. an awesome <laughs> oh, like little yeah. atkins. it was atkins a 2003 oh, <laughs> diet okay 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 so i thought that was very cool um did they kind of go into where the fungus came from in the game or does it just kind of throw you into this world that's already overrun Matt? Uh, digging back into my archives here, deep in my cranium. To be honest, I don't really recall <laughs> that being um, shared in the video game. So it was a new twist to see how they did it in the show. And, mm-hmm. you know, when they went back to, I guess, Jakarta, Indonesia, right? Indonesia, I think. Was that, am I yep. correct there with yep. saying that in yep, the show? Yep, yep, yep. Right. Yep. And then they started off, I think it was episode two. And, 
you know, obviously she goes and inspects the body of that woman lying on that table. And then you see, obviously, the fungus growing out of her mouth and she jumps back. And then she's sitting in the room with the general. And basically she says, the only way to get rid of this is to bomb the cities. And so, right. you know, okay. that was very, yeah. very pivotal. When she said that moment, you're like, wow. Like, then it obviously jumped, you know, years ahead, which took us to a to a different term. We, you know, we start seeing where Joel has been since he lost Sarah and how things have, you know, developed with him. And you understand him and Tessa's relationship. You know, obviously, that's that's a pretty big part in the video game, um, especially in the beginning. Yep. Between him and, uh, you know, Joel and Tessa's, you know, characters. But, um, yeah, I mean, the game is... <laughs> so far everything's been really really impressive so i'll turn it back to you jake yeah yeah no i i completely agree so we jump into 20 years later um the show originates uh starting from 2003 which is a little bit different from the game um i believe the outbreak is again still 20 a 20 year timeline um but in the game it's 2013 as that's when the game was released um but the show jumps forward an additional 10 years as when now we're in 2023 um, so it does play a little bit more for a more modern sort of take, but outside of that, um, you know, they did a great job with introducing FEDRA, which is the Federal Disaster Response Agency that's responsible for, you know, making sure that the pandemic is is, ma is maintained as much as possible by establishing these quarantine zones. Um, from there, obviously, there's some sort of objective and there's factions that begin to develop, um, which is how we get the Fireflies, which is the group that Joel ultimately is trying to deliver Ellie to, which we'll discover more about. Oh, spoilers! I don't want to throw any spoilers in there, but oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. spoil. Don't want to throw any spoilers. You can't throw any no, spoilers. No, I will spoil anything. I, I, you know, I would hate to do that to you, so I can't. I can't do that. But um, the, you know, again, like I was saying earlier, they've been very consistent to the storyline, which has been greatly appreciated. But um, there's been a lot of controversy. Uh, about you know one particular topic but at the same time what's the topic one of arguably the best the best performances by two actors gotta shout them out um we have bill and frank uh nick offerman yeah. yep bill, bill and frank, frank played by nick offerman and mari bartlett who uh honestly did an unbelievable emmy deserving episode mm -hmm. and very drastically different from the video game the relationship but uh an absolute delight to watch yeah episode three was beautiful from start to finish and i'm just kind of a sucker for those like extended montages of seeing people's lives over many many years i anytime you throw that into a story i love it and this was so great between the two of them um i I had no idea what to expect. I thought that Nick Offerman was just going, or was he Bill or was he Frank? He was Bill. Um, he, he, was Bill. Bill. Yep. he was Bill. He was Bill. So, so it's just, sorry for Go interrupting ahead. there, Jamie, but you know, it's just very, it was, it was very interesting seeing Nick Offerman take that role on, especially because everyone's familiar with him from playing mm. Ron Swanson in Parks and Rec. Right. <laughs> Indeed. People, people, Great see, character. People look at Ron Swanson when they, you know, look at Nick Offerman and they're like, that's Ron Swanson, right? So the character changed to what, you know, his role was in The Last of Us. Actually, he resembled himself, you know, his character looks pretty similar to what he looked like in the video game. 
But the whole backstory mm, between certainly obviously him and Frank was not really explained like it was in the show. But it really grabbed everyone's attention and I, I feel like it was I mean it was it was very powerful to see, you know, that love story develop between the both of them. I don't think um, you know, all of us when we were watching the beginning of that episode knew exactly where this was going. And then mm-hmm. when they sat down in front of the piano and they started playing the song, you know, I forget what song that was. Something about being in love. Back check. Jake, do you remember? Long, long time. A love song on the piano, right? Yep. And, you know, and then um, Frank asked, asked Bill if, you know, there was a woman in his life. And he said there wasn't. And then obviously they had that eye connection and we knew from there where yeah. this was going to go. And it, you know, it developed into a, it developed into a beautiful... Oh. Yeah, it developed into a beautiful side story um, in the series, and I feel like that was that was a nice little twist that you know Craig Meezen and Druckerman decided to include and show a little bit about you know who Bill. Yeah, really yeah, and that really last is. scene we get you know, with the one. Go on. The last scene that we get with the two of them um, when they do drink the wine, filled to the brim with drugs, um, mm. devastating. You know, yeah. you could kind of see it coming from Bill's perspective, knowing that Frank had already said that he wants this to be his last day. Bill can't imagine a world without it. So you could kind of see it coming. But still, when Bill took that glass of wine and just chugged it, <laughs> brutal. Threw it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one thing I was like, typically in a lot of these different TV shows, I think I comes to mind is walking dead there's there's side episodes on one character and at the beginning of this episode i you know they they're very heavily focusing on bill and then bill and frank this was done so well compared to all these other shows that you know this easily could have been what people would say oh here's a filler episode we don't need this to this doesn't further the storyline but in fact it, it really really did it was obviously there was the the writing the 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 performances there by the the two actors and you know you're it's captivating from beginning to the end but then how they then fit that into Joel and Ellie's storyline with you know they have the scene with with Tess and and Joel meeting Bill um and it kind of for this show at least in my mind society like Bill and Frank are kind of like the hope of what society could be in The Last of Us. And then there's all these other civilizations like the Quarantine Zones and the Hunters. And that's what it kind of is. But they show what, you know, to Joel and to Elliot, this is this is what the hope could yeah. be. So that's that's very interesting that you bring that up. Um, I'm going to say spoilers uh, just because I'm going to deviate now to the game. Oh. So for anyone who hasn't played the game yet, oh, okay. uh, this is sort of where we're at. Um, but compare Yeah. <laughs> compare. Remove your headphones. Comparatively, this is this is a significant <laughs> distinction between the game. Um, actually, Bill and Frank end up drastically different in the video game um and i actually really like the take that they did with the show the reason being is the story of the last of us is very progressive in its nature um and so the fact that they further explored that uh, i really did appreciate and i believe that is where um some of the controversy online has stirred from but if you know if you're not willing to jump on this train then we don't want you watching the show anyway go eat a but mushroom going forward yeah <laughs> go eat, go eat a cordyceps and turn into a zombie please uh, but anyhow, 
Um, <laughs> hoopla! Hoopla! But all that to say, um, so in the video game, actually, we, we end up reading a different letter, which has a totally different narrative tone, basically stating how Frank absolutely despised living with Bill um, and couldn't stand living with him for any waking second. Uh, I'm obviously... Uh, you know, summarizing there, oh, that's but uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much yeah. It's a much darker tone, so I'm I'm very yeah, happy shoot, that they. I'm took... glad they went this direction for the show. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm much happier that they went this direction. They also found that they that uh, Frank hanged himself, and it was just sort of a very dark moment. So, oh, God. Uh, yeah. Mm. But regardless to say, the story of The Last of Us is a story about the people, and um, you know, I I do also you know we shouted out to Nick Offerman. I also want to shout out to Murray Bartlett. Uh, that dude is also a heck of an actor. If you if you uh, guys haven't seen him in White Lotus yet, season one, absolutely incredible, very well deserved in his Emmy uh, recipient uh, Emmy award uh, for <laughs> <laughs> for for a limited series uh, actor. So uh, yeah. yeah, he's fantastic. So this show, my favorite thing that I'm enjoying about this show so much is all the different characters that we get to meet along the way and how they've had a couple of these episodes. We're only five episodes in, but we've had two right. episodes that are primarily about new sets of characters that we only see for that one episode. Mm. So the Bill and Frank episode, obviously beautiful. And then episode five we had with Henry and Sam. Correct. It was also very cool to kind of get new insight into these characters um, and how they kind of get into the Joe and Joel and Ellie story. And what a perfect time to talk about a beautiful story with brothers. Then when we have these two laxer bros on the podcast right now, <laughs> our very own Henry and Sam, what did you, Matt, you are the resident Henry for this episode. <laughs> How'd you feel about those two characters showing up for episode five? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, those those characters definitely have, you know. A snitch. Uh, <laughs> 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 There's... <laughs> There's definitely a, uh, you know, big brother takes care of little brother role there. So I guess it is very fitting that, you know, the big brother joins this podcast <laughs> and, uh, you know, gets invited by his little brother. And also, not let's to hope mention, it ends differently. you know, if we... <laughs> yeah, let's certainly hope it ends differently. <laughs> yeah. If we, yeah. If we trickle back, you know, back to the first episode, maybe... Yeah, first episode, you kind of understand the whole relationship. We didn't really talk about this between Joel and his brother tommy mm. you know joel is the older brother mm. tommy is the younger brother tommy is he's he's an adventurous spirit and you know he decides to follow you know what he wants to do and now he ends up across the country in wyoming and joel has to go seek out and find out if tommy's all right you know so so basically you understand and see these different relationships between you know henry and sam Joel and Tommy, brother relationships, and, you know, basically how brothers stick together. I mean, it really comes mm -hmm. down to, you know, down to that. And, um, you know, it just, it was very special seeing, um, you know, I, I forget the actors' names. I'm going to be wrong here for Henry and Sam. Um, but, Lamar Johnson um, and Kevion Woodard. Uh, Lamar being Henry. Lamar being, yeah. I mean, both of them did a fantastic job. The fact that they were able to learn the hands, you know, hand sign the language ASL. during that episode at the ASL. That was just incredible to see that. And I believe that was in the video game as well. Right, Jake? Um, Actually, no. Was... So that was a new direction that they decided to take for the TV show was they decided to make Sam deaf. 
Um, and again, this this is one of the things that I fully love about the story of The Last of Us. It is a progressive story, and again, they were trying to push that agenda further in the TV show, and I think it added all the more to you know the compassion and the love between the two brothers just being able to communicate in, mm-hmm. a, in a format, in a way that other people couldn't express themselves. Um, especially in a post-apocalyptic world, I think it just adds all the more um, you know, sort of connection between the two. Um, but I, I, you know, I do want to appreciate the fact that, uh, Kevon Woodard, who did play Sam is actually deaf in real life. So for them to bring on an actor who, um, you know, struggles and isn't able to communicate in a sense that we are able to every day. Um, I thought that was awesome. Yeah. And it was definitely, you know, definitely powerful seeing, um, and really understanding episode four um, with the hunters and obviously the resistance and Kathleen, which you said, I can't remember, but Jake said Kathleen was not mentioned in the video game. Right. But when, when you get to understand why they're after Henry and what did Henry do? And Hen- all Henry did was want to save his younger brother because his younger brother had leukemia and there was a limited supply of that drug. Right. So Henry got his mm-hmm. hands on it and wanted to make sure that he protected his brother. Right. And it just, I mean, you really feel tied there because it's like at one end, you know, Kathleen is the leader of these people and she wants to, again, save her brother who was the leader, right? Who ended up passing away. But in the meantime, you know, Henry loved his little brother and wanted to get his hands on that drug and save his, save Sam. And so now you have Kathleen searching for Henry that entire episode, trying to locate where he is. And then, in, you know, they run into Joel and Ellie up in that high-rise building. And then that takes off with, with episode five. Yep. And, uh, yeah, and then begin their escape. I, yeah. If there is one part of the show so far through five episodes that I was less than impressed with, it was the whole resistance going on in Kansas City. Mm. Yeah. Um, specifically Kathleen as the leader. There's just something about her presence on screen and like the way that that character behaves that doesn't give off leadership vibes. She, and I don't know, I don't know exactly what it is, but there was just like her right hand man, the dude with the big old gray beard, old zombie Santa Claus. He <laughs> seemed like he would be, a, I think his name was Perry. Right? Perry? Yeah. Yeah. Perry. Oh, well, it kind of, it, it kind of begs the question, like, how did she, obviously, she got put in this position because she was the brother initially of the, sister, the yeah. leader yeah. that they all love, that, that she, yeah, that she's the sister of. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were moments in that performance that seemed like, I mean, she when when she pinned this all on, like, Henry, like, the, the deaths of these three people that Joel uh, and Ellie ended up killing, um, it seemed a little erratic and you kind of think about like, how did this person then really lead this whole revolution to overthrow this quarantine zone, uh, you know, federal government, uh, the Fedra group. I, it did seem a little off. I liked the performance. Mm -hmm. Like I thought it was very interesting and it was cool to, you know, it, it was cool to delve into the background, but there were moments that didn't, it, it, it seemed a little off. Uh, 
including in you know this is on purpose obviously but her death there she runs after henry rather than saving herself right. or her people mm-hmm. i'm oh, i'm kind of interested like how did that person get to the point where everyone rallied behind her yeah exactly um, if she because maybe such... she's a commanding voice but he's like we're with you you know perry says we're yeah. with you and would they how does that take place i don't know it doesn't make sense because she's obviously making these like ridiculous ridiculous rash decisions you know for vengeance on her brother which it seems like a bad trait for a right. leader to and, have. Right, and that's how they claim she rose to power in the TV show. Um, I wish they would have explored that a little bit more to be able to make it a little bit more, uh, you know, sound in terms of, of her being placed into that role. But um, actually, yeah, as Matt was alluding to before, that character does not exist in the video game. So that, that character was created by Neil Druckmann and Craig Meisen as a... Uh, sort of a guide for and the conduit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you know, for a leader, for all of the said hunters to follow in revolt to Fedra's overtaking and uh, you know just rash decisions. Um, yeah, Kansas City is a shithole. Well, there is <laughs> at this point, <laughs> and but not for all. Hey, anyone, any of our viewers in Kansas City, yeah, we love, great city. We, we, we love, love Kansas City. Thanks for, yeah, as long as it's, thanks for the view. Yeah, as long as it's hoopla, hoopla. go Chiefs, <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday, um, <laughs> modern day Kansas City. It's fine, but the show is very good at like there's this threat of zombies, but yeah. the real threat is humanity and how humanity is surviving and the terrible places it takes people to when they're forced into this uh, unbelievably terrible situation. And so over the course of a few episodes, we kind of forget about the threat of the fungus at all. And we're more concerned about the threat of the people. But then at the very end of episode five, which we haven't talked about these zombies at all, but we got to talk about the zombies that come exploding up out of the ground at the end of episode five. This huge... I don't know if they have cool names for him in the, the video the bloater, games, but the bloater, the bloater, the bloater. Yep. Oh yeah, he's bloated. That, so that was cool bloated. to like remind us that as bad as the world gets, there's still this even worse threat out there if you're not careful. Mm. Yeah. What did yeah, you guys think of the representation of the zombies in the show versus the game? They've done a fantastic job. The makeup artists, in my opinion, and I, I think it was after one of the episode we were first revealed to them when. Tess and Ellie and Joel, I think it was episode two, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And we were first revealed to the clickers. And I remember saying that the makeup artist had spent months and months and months perfecting what the cordyceps infection would look like, you know, and compare that as close as possible to the, you know, what it looks like in the video game. The noises, the makeup, they couldn't have done a better job, mm-hmm. personally. And then, and then when we get to the whole, you know, episode five scene, when they come running up out of the ground and it's just like, holy shit. Like this is freaking this is what we've been waiting for. You know, like Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this we want to show we signed we up. We want us we yeah, exactly. Like I mean even since the the trailers that they, they had been showing this one particular scene of that bloater coming up out of the mm-hmm. ground and you're like, Oh yeah, baby, someone's about to get effed up. <laughs> and you know, obviously <laughs> <laughs> and obviously in the in the distance you see when that bloater starts like making his way towards Tenry, like Perry's trying to like reload his gun and the bloater just rips his head right off and you're like, Oh yeah, shit. That was brutal. Yeah. That was pretty gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, uh, but I, I know, like how they Yeah. 
to your point, Matt, I, I really like how they built up to this moment, right? It wasn't, it's not just like in the walking dead, you, you always see the zombies walking around and mm-hmm. they're over they're They're so present that it, you know, when they're actually attacking, it's a little less like special, like that, that moment that they they the horde coming up out of the ground we haven't seen anything like that in episode two we had all those zombies running in and and uh you know eventually killing tess um right but that's so few and far between it's always and and we could talk about we do need to talk about that scene we we really need to talk about that (laughs) but because it's one every two or three episodes you do kind of forget about that threat and when it happens, it's so climactic and it's terrifying when the clicker is crawling into the into the van after Ellie and then Ellie has to run out. And then that same clicker then kills Kathleen. But right. just really interesting um, in probably one of what, three or four or five times we're really going to see that many uh, zombies together in this first season. Right. Yeah, it was exciting to see the horde, you know, the progression you talked about in terms of going from the original just standard zombies to seeing these evolutions over the course of the five episodes is something that is a little bit different from the previous zombies that we've seen. Um for me in mm-hmm. terms of like it's like the game enthusiast, I wish we had a little bit more up close scenes or shots with the bloater just because that specific zombie is so uh barbaric in a sense in terms of just the gore that normally it comes associated with that one specific character but i i loved how they built up to it um but yeah let's let's talk about the cordyceps makeout sesh with tess let's dive into that because because jim jim what do you think about the french french kiss with the fungus I didn't like it. If I'm going to be completely honest with you, it freaked me out. It made me very uncomfortable. It made my tongue itch while I was watching TV, which is not a sensation that I enjoy. <laughs> when it when it was walking up and it, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. I thought he was just going to like kind of take her out. And then slowly the fungus starts going down her throat and she's clearly, I'm like light it. Please light <laughs> yeah. it. And it for all of time, us two times her yeah. eyes they kind of like open up large another and then finally like we knew it was like gonna end up happening but the time that it took in that scene the slow-mo of her like being consumed from the inside essentially uh, yeah <laughs> just just incredible yeah. what do you think of that one matt yeah i mean it was uh not what i thought was going to happen because that's not how it went down in the video game <laughs> you know test test did get attacked and killed in the game spoiler alert but obviously you know that happens fairly quickly in the game um yeah that was just that was just weird mm-hmm. that was just weird as jamie said you know it, it left a bad taste in all of our mouths to see uh <laughs> to, see, to see that makeout sesh happening yeah i mean like it just i don't know I don't know if I support that decision that the way that the writers and directors went, but <laughs> here we are, and 
you know, we're 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 wrapping up episode episode five and moving on to episode six next week. Yeah, we got we got uh, five episodes left to get some more zombie makeout. Four, four, yeah, I mean, there's there's one or yeah. two more, I would say, at least in episode six, right? <laughs> like, I want one or two <laughs> in episode be. six at to least... really. To really it, complete on. this arc, yeah, that they can't created. tease us. Not Let's a, go zombie you know on zombie next time. <laughs> you got, you got to give the bloater some love. All right, Andy. I need yeah, to see a bloater. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Let's, let's get the big, big guy. You know, a little, little makeout session on the screen. <laughs> so, I, so I have a question for Matt, you and Jake here. So, one really interesting aspect to the fungus that it sounds like isn't necessarily in the game, and kind of a departure is how they have this connection point the hive mind with sort of like the the hive mind like in in episode two you you know you see the fungus like touch the ground and there's like a connection there and that's when the horde comes after tess and and joel and ellie i thought that was an ingenious way to differentiate this zombie apocalypse from all the others that we've seen in the past i think in the game there's more something about spores or you know other other you know mechanics there but what what did you think about you know that hive mind aspect uh to the to the zombies here no i thought i thought it was a good creative direction um they have to do something different they have to do something original and in terms of bringing something to the tv format great execution um yeah it also differentiates from other tv like other uh, zombie, you know, hordes that have been created in the past. Um, to sort of see this post-apocalyptic world governed by one sort of overarching entity controlling all these individual pieces, um, it's just different. Yeah. I, I, I like the decision with it, um, you know, and ultimately it allows the Hive to just constantly track our characters throughout the entire show a little bit more effectively. Um and, you know, I think we have to see the entire season to sort of speak fully on how well and how effective it truly is. But I like the direction they decided to go with it. Yeah. And if they had the spores like they do in the video game, I know he has to wear a gas mask all the time. Yeah. And it would be just ridiculous to have a show mm. with Pedro Pascal where he's wearing a mask covering his face the whole time. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> them I doing would exactly. that? <laughs> well, that would be a terrible creative direction. <laughs> you know, you, you need to see his face. Hoopla! 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 <laughs> Man. I wonder if we're going to review a show here soon where we don't see his face but one time a season. This is the way. Yeah. It sounds like you have spoken, my friend. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so Matt, do you have any... Go ahead. You know, so, so I was going to take a little bit of a different direction here because we need to spend a little bit of time talking about Ellie. We haven't really mm, dived into yeah. that yes, character yes, yet. Yes, yes, really? yes. Right, so... Really, Ellie is until Joe Joel realizes and Tess does as well. The really the basically she's the savior of humanity as of right now, in their knowledge. They don't know what's going on in her body. They don't know why when she was whenever bit by, you know, a clicker, why she did not turn. Mm-hmm. But something in her DNA obviously shifted and you know, Joel taken over this father figure, right? Ever since, because, you know, he looked up to Tess and, you know, Tess was like, you got to take her, take her with you and get her over across the country so the medical facility could, you know, do tests on her and hopefully save humanity. Maybe she has the vaccine in her blood. Maybe she doesn't. Not going to reveal that. That's for a later time. 
but you know, Ellie really is. <laughs> Ellie really is. This <laughs> thank, thank you. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. <A> generous man. <laughs> Ellie really is this character who, you know, starts off like as a know-it-all. I found it funny how she had that joke book, right? And what were some of the jokes that she said yeah. to Joel? Something about, um, uh, what, what, what was that one diarrhea joke? That was What's hereditary? Diarrhea yeah, yeah. is hereditary. Di- is diarrhea is diarrhea hereditary? Because it runs, it, runs, it runs in the genes. Runs in the genes. Like, like <laughs> shit like that Wonderful. was so perfect. Because even in the video game, you know, she has that witty character to her to herself, mm-hmm. and she like cracks jokes at Joel and tries to like, you know, drops f bombs and says shit. Like this girl's fourteen years old, and she's acting like she's <laughs> later in her teens and just like you know whatever. But her and Joel definitely have this bond and get to understand you know joel definitely watches over her and makes sure that like she's not doing anything incorrect he has to you know she has to abide by what he says what joel says goes yeah yeah his laws is is how kind of you know and ellie ellie did save his life you know he did he did save his life right joel was pinned down when he was attacked after he ran off into that laundromat and he didn't know that ellie had one of bill's handguns in her backpack right but that was a defining moment you know i feel like that moment really brought them closer together yep right and and, and, and the same it. the same situation happens in the video game but in a different context um but all that to say the story is ultimately about ellie and joel and um joel's acceptance for family yet again um, and obviously, you know, mm-hmm. he has his brother, like we discussed earlier with Tommy, and that's, again, a situation that we'll see played out in the future, but to see, and actually one aspect that is very different is Ellie's far more curious and inquires much more about Sarah in the video game than she has in the show. Um, we see her sort of discuss Tess at one point, and Joel shies away from that conversation, but really the conver- you know, the whole concept of Sarah hasn't been touched on since episode one, which has been a little surprising to me, considering she's such, you know, an important aspect to to Joel's character and who he is as a person. But still, nevertheless, we do see that development in, uh, in relationship between the two characters and they've done a pretty good job. Bella Ramsey, you know, has been nailing the character like Matt, said before and i am excited to see where they take it four episodes further so what i think is interesting is you know at least in this show multiple times right with different characters you see mirroring of joel sure in this in this in this context like ellie and joel they do mirror each other they're they're very similar Mm. Uh, and you kind of see like you mentioned with kind of the acceptance um after she does kill the person in the or assist in killing the person in the laundromat you know he gives her the gun and they become kind of that team whereas earlier in the episode she's cargo and it's you know that kind of Mm -hmm. there's a development there between that relationship and then more so like we mentioned with henry and sam where those characters mirror joel and ellie once again so that's furthering I, and I, I, I get your point, Jake, where, you know, we're talking about the, you know, they, they don't bring up Sarah too often, but it's almost implied 
that when he the way that Pedro is playing this character and the way he looks and emotes right um when he's looking at when he looks at Ellie you can almost feel he's looking at Sarah right and even though we haven't talked about her directly multiple times you really feel it through his performance about like this is his daughter and he's scared to death to lose her and like he talks to Henry about you know how you know it's so easy when you're a kid right but now, but when you're older, you have to take care of these people. And, you know, I, I, I think it's really interesting to see Joel's experience um, through these other characters, through through Ellie, through Henry and Sam, through Bill and Frank. Yep. What do you think, Jim? Yeah, I, I agree. I'm really loving the chemistry we have between Joel and Ellie in this series and how Ellie has like this outward optimism that she's just chipping away at Joel's hard exterior with these little joke books and with, you know, just trying to make him <laughs> trying to help him enjoy life a little bit more, even though he's out here just trying to survive, trying to survive, trying to survive because he is responsible for this young person. And she's trying to show that there's more to life, which I think was another beautiful thing we saw with Henry and Sam when mm -hmm. Ellie and Sam were just playing just like normal kids, you know, Right, playing soccer, reading comic mm. books together. Um, so it was really nice that Ellie kind of provides that opportunity for Joel to see the world as more than just a apocalyptic wasteland. Right. There's these uplifting, sort of hopeful moments, and as opposed to these contrasted, dark, harrowing, sort of uh, mm. inevitable finales. Terribleness. Of, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, of a apocalyptic <laughs> world. So again, this is a story of the characters in a in a surrounded zombie world, not so much a focus on the zombies, but that's the thing that makes this game so and story uh so beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. So as we start to bring this episode of the Hoopla podcast to a close, uh are there any final thoughts you guys have on the first five episodes? And I also want to hear what you guys are looking forward to for the second half of the season. Um let's start with you, Matt. What are you what are your final thoughts on this and What's to come without spoilers, unless you do give us spoilers, <laughs> and that's fine. <laughs> yeah, no. So, um, so far, the progression of the show, uh, obviously, with a couple changes here and there with the storyline in the video game, has exceeded my expectations. You know, I, when the show was announced, Jake and I were talking about it, and we're like, Oh yeah, like this is gonna be this is gonna be this is gonna be good. And then, oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Wait, like Kool Aid Man running right through Oopla. the wall. Oh yeah, <laughs> Kool Aid Man running through the wall. Oh yeah, the bricks coming down. Um, but basically, leading into the next few episodes to wrap up season one, it'll really be interesting, you know, to really see how they make it over to Wyoming how Joel runs into Tommy again, how that connection is going to go down. You know, what is going to happen with the fireflies over there? That's the whole reason, basically, you know, Ellie is with Joel, which I alluded to earlier, um, you know, because of the whole firefly relationship, Marlene and whatever, and Tommy and Marlene trusted each other and whatnot. So when they arrive to Wyoming, that's where that firefly faction is around that area i'm not going to say specifically where um but in the game you know may or may not happen maybe i should open my mouth too early maybe i want to let you guys just watch the show and see what happens and you know hopefully it lines up to what 
happened in the game, but I yep. mean, Ellie might be brought in for tests. She may not be brought in for tests, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> in in the game, it, it, <laughs> it definitely it definitely is an exciting ending Ooh, that that, no. that leads you into. By the way, Last of Us season two video game, which I also played. My God, my mind was blown with the special effects that were done in that video game. Which oh, came out that actually two- leads me to a question. Um, so there are two Last of Us video games, right? Have they announced how many se- seasons of the show they're going to make? From my understanding, at present, they're following the Naughty Dog timeline. Seeing as there are only two video games at present, that's what HBO is signed on for. Um, after, actually, the Bill and Frank episode, they agreed to do two seasons. Going forward, I believe it is going to be withheld for season three until part three is dropped um, on the video game platform. All right. Yeah. I love it. Do we have an idea of when part three is coming out? Love that. No. <laughs> oh, a mystery oh. for us to just uh. sit and wait. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Andy, what did you... <laughs> What did you think of the first five episodes and what are you looking forward to? Um, well, I mean, I love this the series so far. Once again, we've seen so many post-apocalyptic zombie shows and how do you differentiate between... You know, the, the differentiation point is Joel and Ellie and they're the characters that I think are at the heart of kind of the storyline and interesting and captivating. It's so interesting to me that you meet a character, that character ends up dying but you fall in love with that character over the 60 minutes and then they move on. Right. Like that kind of, that happened with Tess, that happened with Bill and Frank, that happened with Henry and Sam, not so much with Kathleen, but (laughs) you know, like it, it it is, it's an interesting kind of model that I think in the end, it's just to help Joel and Ellie, their storyline, their, their connection points. Um, uh, throughout the season so you know i loved it that's all i have for you Beautiful. and i have a diarrhea joke i'm gonna make here at the end <laughs> is it hereditary I, is it your jeans? Hey, I already said that joke we brought it up earlier <laughs> wait have you heard this one hey, check your have jeans you heard this one? check your jeans check check the ah. um, oh what about you jakey boy yeah no because you I've... have been talking every single day for the past i want to say four months <laughs> you've mentioned how excited you are for this show to come out not a single moment has passed without you talking about this show. Has it lived up to all your expectations? It has lived up to all the expectations, Jim. I've been totally enamored by the show that HBO has thrown on the television. Um, let me say, I was initially extremely attracted to this concept, not only because it was The Last of Us coming to TV, but also because of the fact that Craig Mazin was leading this, who again crushed Chernobyl as a limited series. And seeing as how this is going mm-hmm. to follow the same format, I was very excited. Even though, you know, movies aren't his best thing, such as like The Hangover 2 and Identity Thief, we're not going to talk about that. But um, seeing as Chernobyl was. Wait, this <laughs> same dude made all of those movies yeah and chernobyl and the hangover <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome yeah, i know i know what he an was insane also, career yeah he was what also a, what a, yeah what a reputable <laughs> career he was that also involved is. in scary movie four and scary movie three but uh, I'll, i digress oh. um but anyhow hmm. all that to say yeah i've just been totally gripped by the show they've done such a good job in terms of honoring the characters and uh, the developers of the, of the show and you know they even brought the same 
composer back for the music, which was great. They have the same people acting as the clickers that did like motion capture for the video game. Um, I mean, they've been nailing it on all fronts. All I can say is great things for the television show. Can't wait to see where it goes. Uh, I'm giving it a scale out of one to nine because that's how many episodes we're getting. I'm giving it an (laughs) 8.5 out of nine right now. I am very happy, very pleased. Uh, And I can't wait to see how this story concludes for season one. If it's anything like the video game, we have one. We have two more pivotal moments uh in the storyline um one of which a little disturbing the the other will will blow your mind disturbing don't spoil me like that get get the context out of here disturbing and Um, will blow your mind forget to do ratings so let's get some rapid fire ratings for matt and andy on a scale of one to nine matt how do you rate this first five episodes i'm gonna compliment jake's number actually and i'm gonna up him by point one so I'm going to give it an 8.6. Oh, oh there we <laughs> go. Oopla. Oopla. 8.6 for the Oopla. I love it. Oopla. What about you, Andy? Rapid fire. I'm going to give it an 8. You know what? I, I didn't speak on this too much, but the levity Oopla. that Ellie brought brings me joy when I'm watching mm. this show. I think that deserves an 8. Mm. Indeed. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and- hey, hey, real, hey, real quick. What did the mermaid wear to math class? Algebra. That is not appropriate school. Something attire. about a scarecrow. <laughs> yeah. out the, he's he's been he outstanding in his field. field. Yeah. So I'm gonna pull a mat here. I'm gonna raise Andy's score by point one. I'm gonna give it an eight point one out of nine. Oh wow. I really enjoy this this season. I've I'm not really a huge fan of the whole zombie apocalyptic worlds, but I think this show does a great job of just worrying about the characters more than the the world itself. And the relationship between Joel and Ellie is beautiful, and all these little side characters that we get to meet for just small sections of time is beautiful. What I'm most looking forward to coming up, though, is to see Ashley Johnson, the original voice of Ellie from the video game, make her appearance in the show. Because she's the only thing I knew about this show at all was Ashley Johnson as a cast member of Critical Role, the fantastic Dungeons and Dragons show. Oh, yes. That's the only thing I knew about this at all. And I'm excited to see her show up on screen. Yeah, that'll be dope. I already gave my rating 8.1. Beautiful. Just beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) As we end every this episode of the Hoopla podcast discussing The Last of Us. The moment of highest hoopla, the quote of the episode. What do you have for us this week, Jake? If you turn into a monster, is it still you inside? R.I.P. Sam. That wasn't the jeans joke. No, I thought you were going to say the joke, and then it went to me. I was so confused. It runs in your jeans, I Sam. I can't find the jeans joke online here. This is, I thought it was going to be like in headlines on like one of these news articles, but I don't see it. Wasn't that shitty that it's not Where there? is the poop joke? We already said it. Did yeah, you know that we- diarrhea is hereditary? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah but I want to read it exactly because the delivery. <laughs> I just told you was just exactly. beautiful. <laughs> that's exactly is that what it is? is? Yeah. Is yes. it hereditary? Because it, because it runs in your genes. Stinger. <laughs> Hoopla. 